welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, the place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident in your 30s. Welcome back to the podcast, and it's coming up to the end of January. I really can't believe that time has passed so quickly because usually for me, January is one of those draggy months that never ends. 31 days it's just the weeks never stop and this year it's completely different it's flying by and I'm guessing it's because I have this big milestone coming up of having to push out a baby and I'm actually going on I'm going to say unofficial maternity leave because I'm still going to be doing the podcast I'm still going to be showing up on Instagram for however long probably for the next at least month and I have though stopped or I will be stopping at the end of this week one-on-one clients so it's very crazy for me you know I've been coaching clients one-on-one it's been the the center of my business really solidly for six years now and I haven't had any gap or period of time where I haven't had clients and it's going to be really strange to not you know, see my clients week in, week out. And it's something I've not actually spoken about on here recently, one-on-one coaching, because there's so many other things going on in the business. But one-on-one has been so dear to me. It's the foundation that my business was built on. And it's just wild to think that for six whole years, that has been, you know, such a part of my life, showing up, supporting clients. I'm so lucky to have such loyal clients. Actually, the clients that I've had for the past three months a majority of them 80% of them have been clients I've worked with for over two years each one that came back and signed up again for a returning session so yeah it's really uh, emotional I've been having some emotional goodbyes and really looking forward to this next chapter which is obviously going to look completely different but knowing that obviously as time goes on I will be coming back to one-on-one coaching But just because I'm not taking private clients doesn't mean that you can't get your usual dose of turning 30 guidance. So the podcast is still going to be going strong. And of course, my Instagram, which is my main hangout at turning 30 coach, if you've not already been there and see my page and also my courses. So I'm really shifting focus now onto my next chapter courses and I am have decided to release this specific episode to mark the launch of the next chapter in love which is my brand new coaching course that is focused on building the love life that you want in your 30s and I decided for this episode to actually release and share in public one of the really what I think one of the best modules of the course so that you can really get a taster and you can see the kinds of things that the course is addressing and the kinds of things that you will be learning if you register for the course. So the topic is all about accepting where you are in your love life right now. No matter how your path has turned out, no matter how different it is to where you expected you would be or whether you thought you would feel this stage in your life and the name of this study module is called Grieving the Other Path and it really is a deep dive into 
how to truly accept where you are and how you can do that is very, very important. So before I press play on the module, I want to explain why I feel like this is so important because the module starts off the back of already about 14 videos that you will have watched before if you are in the course. But of course, most of you listening won't have listened already to those videos. So I think it's really important to say that when we go out and we want to build our love life, we really want to run ahead and you know, already start dating and already go into that space of building, like physically going out there and getting the thing that we want, which is the partnership and also a single life that we love. And what many of us forget to do is to focus on accepting where we are right now. And we do that by going through a reflection process and doing the acceptance work. And the reason that it's so important is because if you're going to go out and meet somebody, but the driver for that is panic or fear or frustration of things not working out as you expected, then that's going to show up in the energy that you show up in your dating life. So this is really the key to what the next chapter in Love Course does. The process that I walk you through, there's four main study sections. So you've got the foundation section, which is really talking a lot about the foundational things that I believe are really important when it comes to uh, addressing your love life. And then we move on to the three-step process, reflect, accept, take action, which I use for all of my courses, all of my materials. And accept for me is just, is so important. And really what the course is about is how you can go out, take action, but in the most healthy and productive way to get the love life that you want. How you can do it from a place of self-awareness, a place of consciousness and being mindful. And the reason that we do that is so that A, you can enjoy your single life to your full potential, B, you can date from a place of extreme self-worth and C, when you do meet somebody that you're ready to start a partnership with, that you can really focus on developing a really strong relationship because you will have already accessed and processed emotions that will enable you to build a healthy long-term partnership. And I think this is something that many of us don't do. And it's one of the reasons that I think meeting somebody in your 30s, maybe a little bit later than some of your peers or some of you know your expectations that you had, is that you get to go out there and do this work so that when you do meet somebody, it's really special. So this episode is for you. If you're feeling like things haven't turned out in your love life exactly as you expected, or you feel different to how you thought you would feel when you did meet somebody, or just things the way that they are right now don't feel so peaceful and calm as you would want them to feel. And I want you to learn from this module, from this study module, how you can move forward from this. And I will say, if this topic is of interest to you, and you are really ready to make some big changes to your love life, you're ready to build that next chapter, I do invite you to go and check out the full details of the course. For the month of February, it's going to be on discount still. So the full price of the course is $399. 
and for now it's 299 so there's a $100 discount. For that you get 20 something study modules, I think it's like 28 study modules, hours and hours of learning. So if you like the podcast it's going to be, you know, just even better than listening to the podcast because obviously it's really specific content for those of you who are ready to build your love life. It's also access to my free Notion templates, which accompany some of the modules. You also get access to an exclusive Facebook group where I'll be there communicating and supporting you as my clients through the course. And you also get bonus workshops on key coaching concepts. So there's hours of material and it's an amazing coaching course that I recommend that if you are unhappy in your love life right now or you feel that there's room for improvement I invite you to check it out let's dive in to the module welcome to this acceptance section self-study video all about grieving the other path I honestly believe that one of the hardest parts of not having the love life that you want right now is feeling that you failed to get what you expected to feel that you have let yourself down in some way and you really thought that your life and your romantic life would turn out a certain way and it hasn't. And I want you to imagine that sometimes what happens when we get into this space of feeling frustration and feeling like we failed, it's like building blocks. Like already the you have a normal amount of emotions, negative emotions, sorry, in relation to your single status, let's say, or in relation to the fact that you are not settled in a partnership by now. And you already have all of those emotions in the building block. And then what you do is you add another building block on top, which is that thought process of there's something wrong with me, or the thought process of, why hasn't it happened to me yet? And a lot of the time, when it comes to these building blocks on top of each other, it's about shame. We feel that we are ashamed of ourselves, that we haven't reached where we wanted to by now. And I think that it's like doubling the pain that we put ourselves through. It's doubling the burden on our minds that we put ourselves through because not only are we unhappy with how things have turned out, but then we also then believe that it's it was our responsibility to make it work and it hasn't worked. And I really want to talk about this in this module. If you don't resonate with this, then it can still be interesting for you to hear my take on grieving the other path but for some of us and I know a lot of my clients that I work with this is the core of some of the stuff that we do is to really accept and reach a point of gratitude for the path that we are on right now and to let go of how we thought life would be and I really want to guide you to that place of acceptance I want to help you feel that although the path that you're on right now is completely different to what you had envisioned or maybe even just a little bit different from what you have envisioned but you're still experiencing that feeling of failure or that it's not meant to be I want to help you to reach a place that you feel that the current path you are on is the path that is right for you 
So something that I speak a lot about in my content is something that I call the turning 30 manuals. So the turning 30 manuals are the instruction manual, manuals, the the set of instructions that is the manual that we create at a much younger age than 30. Usually it's usually in our early twenties, maybe it's even in our teen years. And it's this set of rules that we think that we are supposed to live by that are going to happen to us once we are in our 30s. So these are fictional. I just want to say that up front, but they don't feel fictional. A lot of us have internalized them. They're very much based on society and what other people have signaled to us. I speak a lot about this already. I mentioned it quite a few times in the course, but these turning 30 manuals, this instruction manual, I want you to imagine it's like a book that says instruction manual for Emma when she's turning 30, but replace Emma with your name. And it's so heavy when we have to think that there are a set of rules that we're supposed to live by, because the truth is life is going to happen. And although obviously I speak a lot about autonomy and being empowered and taking control and making sure that we're the ones that are creating our own uh, paths, there are so many times in life when things happen that we don't have control over. And I think that happens a lot in relation to love. And for many of us, the Turning 30 manual and specifically in relation to love is something that we get really specific on, but ultimately love is very, very complicated and it's very rarely a one-sided thing that we can just control. The turning 30 manual in relation to love can often mean that we predict, we think, we set a rule for ourselves that by the age of 30, and this will be different for everyone, okay? The ones I see the most commonly are that we will have already found a partner we maybe already want to be living with them. We maybe already want to have bought a property with them. We may already think or predict that we should be engaged. There should be a certain level of commitment. Maybe we think already we should be married. Uh, and also for some people, they genuinely want or have predicted that by 30, they will also be on the path to having children or already have children. So these are the most common manuals that we see. And again, we've built these fake fictional uh, expectations from a much younger age, but then our 20s happen and things really don't go according to the plans that we want. For, for many people, and presumably most of you who would be that person who things have gone exactly as they had planned exactly how they how they had intended probably won't be here listening to this right now because it obviously does sometimes happen but I think for a majority of us and for sure a majority of us who are stepping up and doing this coaching work and building our next chapter in love it's very normal and very valid that something will have happened in your 20s that meant that the relationship that maybe you thought you would be in by now you're not and you found yourself single or maybe in a different stage of a relationship than you thought you would be by this time 
So I just wanted to acknowledge the concept of the manual because it's something that I work with a lot with clients. We can also have manuals about our career, about our health, about our finances, about lots of different things. But I do think that there's something about the 30 manual in relation to love that feels so much heavier and feels so much like the script that we want. And then when we don't get it, we think that there's something wrong with us. So you know, I can talk about my own personal journey is that I definitely had a turning 30 manual that by the age of 30, I would have a committed life partner and, and yeah, marriage. I think that was something that from the early, from my early twenties, I presumed by that age that I would be married by that point. That's obviously influenced a lot by um, what a lot of my friends were doing from the culture that I come from, the community that I grew up in, and also my parents, because my mum started a family when she was very young in her early 20s, and so did my grandma and my aunts and my cousins as well, who are older than me. So it just felt like that was the thing that was done because I didn't have many examples before me in my family who were doing it differently. So that instruction manual just became what I thought was, you know, what was meant to be. So for many of us as well, and I can say also, I guess this was, this is also something I experienced. There can often be like a twist in the tail, a sudden change uh, that can happen. And that usually is, is a breakup. So maybe you had a high school sweetheart or a partner that you met when you were studying at university. And it was like the path laid out for you. And maybe you even started to do some of those steps and you'd moved in together or you'd spoken about marriage and all of those things. And then for some reason, it doesn't work out. And that can cause even more of this grief of the other path lived because it was so clear to us that there was the option of another path. So I think it's just really important to acknowledge that, that there's a lot of pressure that we can put on ourselves, especially if things just turn upside down for us before we're in our 30s or even in our 30s. I also want to say a point here is that when we're talking about grieving the other path, we're talking about acknowledging the other life that could have been lived by us. And something that I see a lot is the other path, the other way. So most of us here, I think, are you know, at the point where you feel the path, the other path live would be that, okay, I would have settled down by now, I would have found found somebody to live my life with and all of those things. But often I do see the other way around. So people who met their partner very, very young and, uh, or maybe just even in their 20s and some of their friends didn't and then they can feel that envy or that confusion of, well, I haven't, got to do all the things I want to do because I you know I'm missing out basically because I had kids young or you know I have a partner and he doesn't want to go traveling or he doesn't want to you know go on the spiritual journey that I'm on just as as some examples so I think it's really important to remember that and think that that it doesn't actually really matter what path you're on you always will grieve the other one that you didn't have or maybe the other ones maybe it's plural maybe there were three or four other paths that you really wanted to live on and you couldn't decide which and then you just ended up on the path that you're on now so 
yeah, I really just wanted to emphasize that. And I wanted to reference a book by Matt Haig uh, called The Midnight Library, which is a fiction book. I'm sure many of you have read it already. But for those of you that haven't, it's a really nice story about somebody who had lots of different paths presented to her. And the book itself actually acknowledges the different paths and goes almost like on a journey of each one uh, to see how her life would have been if she would have made X decision or made this decision. It's a little bit like the concept of sliding doors from the from the movie of thinking like, oh, if I would have just done that, then this would have happened to me. So really recommend for you to go and read that book if this is a topic that is interesting to you. So now I've explained to you about that feeling of expectations, that feeling of having an instruction manual. And now I want to talk about how you can go through the process of grieving the other path. What does that even mean? So I honestly think that in this case, the biggest work that we can do in relation to this is just to recognize that there was another path, okay? It's literally to recognize your expectations, to reflect on the path that you had envisioned. So really bringing to life that love manual that you thought would happen. What were your expectations? What life events or circumstances had you anticipated would happen by now? And write them out, write out, give this vision space in your mind. I think a lot of people get very nervous to go to that place because they're like, well, if I actually go to that place, then I'm going to feel even worse because I'm going to really realize what I've missed out on. And I don't think that's true. I think by writing it out and acknowledging it, we give it space to be real and then we can grieve. We're not avoiding it anymore. Sometimes we need to confront it in order to truly let it go. And that's the second stage. Acceptance of the path that you're on now, acceptance of the path that doesn't belong to you, and the ability to let it go. So it really involves accepting that life hasn't unfolded exactly as you wanted to and embracing the process of letting go of those expectations and understanding that although things maybe weren't what you thought, that your current life path offers so many unique opportunities and and possibilities that maybe you wouldn't be privy to if you had gone on the original path. So I have an activity in my coaching practice called shoulda, woulda, coulda, where I basically get clients to fill in some blanks and a set of questions. And I find it really helpful because basically what we're drawing attention to is, okay, it is sad and we are going to grieve the fact that we haven't had this path, but we're also going to look at what we've gained on the path that we're on now. And it involves thinking about all of the good things that have come to you because of this new path instead of all of the things that you don't have. So I was thinking about this a lot when I was writing this module and thinking about how this showed up in my life because there's definitely been times when I've been out of acceptance of my own path and asked those questions like, if I just did this differently, then maybe I would have found someone by now. And if I would have just said yes to that day or not broken up with that person or not missed out on that opportunity, then maybe things would be different right now. I was thinking about what happened when I was 27 
and I had recently come out of a long-term relationship and I was single and I started dating again. Now the dating landscape then was, was it was still dating apps, but it was a little bit different to, as it was today. It was kind of pre this dating app, preconceptions that we have, let's say, the new dating landscape. Anyway, I look back at this time when I was 27 and I was single for a couple of years and I met so many really amazing men. Really looking back, I see that there were so many great mini relationships that I started and so many potentials of men that could have probably developed into a relationship if I had been ready at the time. And looking back now, I see how much I wasn't ready, how much I was still in a space of discovering who I was, focusing a lot on my career at this point, really at the age of 29, getting into this personal development world. And I wasn't healed from my past relationship. It's plural, you know, from all before. And it was just funny because at that point, I turned down a lot of great opportunities with men. And that wasn't the path that was meant for me. Now, this is relevant to the story because when I went through my breakup at 33 and I became single again four years later, I went through this like weird period of time where I was annoyed at myself because I had just re-entered the dating world and looked very different to how it was before. And I was like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Like, what about this guy who, when I was 20, 27, I dated and we could have had something great. And I went through this whole thing. And it was actually triggered because I was out um, walking my dog and I was in a dog park and I saw a guy who I had gone on a, a couple of dates with back when I was 27, we're talking 10, 10 years ago now. And he was great and he really, really, really was interested in me. And I had nipped it in the bud. I, I, did, I decided I didn't want to, to pursue anything with him and I'd offered that we would be friends and it was a short-lived friendship. and we recognized each other and, and the dogs were playing together and we sat and spoke and, and he was telling me that he has just recently got engaged and he spoke about his, his fiance with so much joy. And he was telling me about where they live and they just adopted a dog. And I finished that conversation and I remember going home and writing in my journal, well, that could have been me, you know, that could have been, you know, if I would have been more mature, if I would have, you know, you know, done this work earlier, if, 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 shoulda, woulda, coulda. And it's just so interesting to think that it couldn't have been me because it wasn't me. At that time, I wasn't ready to go into a relationship. I was never meant to have that path. And since the nine years that I have met this person and dated this person, I've done so much work on myself. And I've also just had so much life experience that I wouldn't have had had I decided to be with him. I would have had different life experiences and probably I would be married with a few babies by now and maybe would have, you know, a very, very different life. And I don't know if that life would be better or worse than the life I have now. But, you know, when I really think about it, I've traveled to ridiculously amazing places. I've had so much life experience. I've met amazing people. I made so many friends. Also the people I've dated who have crossed my path, people who 
and I've met through my business like this was before my business and I often wonder you know if I would have met someone and started a relationship at 27 and was already married by 30 would I have felt so left behind and then started my coaching business and let's not mention the fact that I am now in a really great relationship with somebody who I wouldn't have met if I was in a relationship with someone else and he's he's my life partner now and I think it's just so important to you know really get on board with the fact that yes things could have been different and yes they may have panned out a different way and they could have been better who knows but my life now is my life now and that is for me to own and when you actually address this head on you can really realize that it would have been the other alternatives would be a nice path to be on but they're never your path to begin with your path is your path now your timelines are your timelines for now. And I know that many of you listening who feel like you're probably thinking, yeah, but Emma, you know that because you've already met your person or you know that because you already did all these great things and I haven't done that yet. And that's why this course is for you because this course is going to get you to that place. And hopefully, well, it will eventually when you do find that partner and you're looking back and you're, you're going to say, wow, I'm so happy that all of those things happened and led me up to where I am now. I just want to remind you of that because I think it's really easy sometimes. Your mind is wired for something else. Your mind is wired to tell you negative things. It will want to tell you it could have been better otherwise. We've all heard of grass is greener syndrome. Your mind wants to tell you that the grass is greener. And I love the saying, the grass is greener where you water it. And that's what this course is for because you're going to water your own path now and all the other options, you can still grieve them, but you will know, you will know in your soul, you will know deep down that this is the path that's meant for you. The third thing I want to say about how to grieve your own path is don't avoid the emotions. Allow yourself to feel any emotion associated with a shift in what's happening with you in your life okay it's okay to feel sadness it's okay to feel disappointment or a sense of mourning if life hasn't worked out as you thought you have validate these emotions because they're really crucial part of the healing process I just told you that story about how I saw that guy and I was flooded with emotions after I saw him and I went home and I didn't ignore that I embraced it I asked lots of questions I got my journal out I spoke to my friends about it I spoke to my coach about it and I really rode that wave of emotion instead of trying to push it away and based on that had a lot of understandings so I think it's really important not to like prevent yourself from grieving not to prevent yourself or be scared about having emotions emotions are normal they're a normal part of being human being and don't distract yourself from them okay and the last thing that I think is really important is to to be really really compassionate with yourself if you're feeling grief if a friend is grieving you wouldn't ignore her or you wouldn't say to her rude things but we often do that to ourselves in our head if a friend came to you and said listen feeling really upset that my life has turned out this way I didn't think that it would be like this for me by now I expected to be in a relationship be a mother be settled down have moved to the suburbs and I just can't believe that it's not worked out this way for me what would you say to her 
Would you tell her to shut up and tell her to stop being pathetic? Probably not. So I want you to just take a moment and think about if a friend came to you and said those things, how would you respond? Grief isn't linear, okay? Grief comes in waves. That's something that for many of us who have experienced grief in our lives will realize and understand that it's not a linear process. And I think that in this case, it's important to mention that as well because there will be triggers. There are gonna be times when you feel it more. There's going to be times when you're feeling less grief about the life that you didn't, that you aren't living. And there's going to be times when you feel a lot more grief. And I promise you that the more you allow yourself to have those emotions and the more that you focus on you, which is what exactly what we're going to talk about in the upcoming modules, the more you're going to come into acceptance of this path that you're on. Reminding you again that it's your own unique path that nobody can take away from you. I'll see you in the next module.